touch my mind, it cannot touch my heart, and it cannot touch my soul. Join our team in the fight against cancer at V.org. This message sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. My name is Stephanie Simeon. I am the executive director for the Workforce Development Board. We want our community back in Lake Charles. We offer a plethora of services, education, financial assistance, supportive services. We are here to put you back to work, Louisiana. Find out how the Louisiana Workforce Commission can help you at laworks.net. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. We'll get back to the Saints. You're in a little bit. Got plenty of time to do that. It's the offseason. <laughs> as we get to it here as well. But there is a game of note tonight. It's over in our nation's capital. It's kind of a big one. Pelicans taking on the Wizards tonight. As they um, kind of need a win. I, I don't like losing streaks. Ty Graffinini, voice of your New Orleans Pelicans with us. How are you today, sir? I'm good. How's your Monday going, Doug? Well, it's, it's interesting <laughs> to say the least. Um, I'm looking at the highlights here, and I was thinking about playing one before we got back. And it, it's interesting because in, in a game where you didn't have C.J. McCollum on a back-to-back at Dallas, you'd have thought that's a 30-40 point blowout. And late in the fourth, under a minute or so, or a minute or so, it was a two-possession game. What do you take out of Saturday's game? Yeah, you know, I was mentioning during the broadcast, because obviously the beginning of that game was really, really difficult. I mean, the Pelicans just could not put the ball in the bucket. Of course, when the other team has Luka Doncic, you know, you gotta, you've got to get some offense. And, you know, with, with no CJ that night, you know, you're missing when you, you know, tack on Zion and B.I., you're missing 75 points right there, Dustin. You know, you got to make the scoring up somehow. And, you know, you start the game going 0 for 13 from 3. Um, now, eventually the offense did get it going, as you mentioned. You know, cut it to 7 late um, because for the most part, you know, we got down by 23 early. But, like, you know, going back to the original point, as I was saying throughout the broadcast, that the positive part about that game in, in Dallas was the Pelicans never let it get away from them. Uh, never let Dallas extend that lead. Um, you know, for the most part, it was in the in the teens range most of the game until that late run where you did get it down to seven. But you know, they could have just said, you know, hit the eject button. Let's go to let's go to DC. You know, this is a this is just a game that we're not going to win. But that was not the case, um, and they hung in there. They hung in there, and eventually got, you know, a, an outside look at it. But uh, right. in the end, you know, Luka Doncic finished with the triple double, and you know, just it, it's just it's tough to win on the road, and it's especially tough when you when you're really shorthanded like the Pelicans were the other night. When you take a look at it as well, I think one of the things that. And believe me, I'm not saying hey, always look for the brighter side of things or a positive, but. There were some, right? And look, Jose Alvarado in the last two games, 
You like to see the scoring spread out. He had, what, 13 in the first half, finished with 15 tonight, um, two games ago, and he had 17 in this last one, but I think like 15 or something in that first half. So he's, he, it's kind of, I guess, what I'm feeling, that it's starting to tax a lot of your depth by having to play them as many minutes and, and have them almost give you starter qualities, I guess, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I don't think you're too off base on that. Um, now, the good news is tonight you're going to get CJ back and you're going to get Larry Nance back. So, you know, those bench minutes are going to be, uh, you know, less distributed when you're talking about having role players, you know, play in the low 30s. That's not going to be the case tonight. So uh, that's that's a good thing. Uh, I think another positive, and I'm trying not to be Captain Obvious here, but it's Najee Marshall, Gus. I mean, he's set career highs in the last two two ball games. Going back to Brooklyn, he scored 23, and then in Dallas, he scored 24. So Najee is really giving you some offense. I just think it's the other guys that need to step it up. Now, again, you're getting C.J. back, so the way he's been playing, you would expect him to get in his 25 to 30 range tonight. But, you know, I'm not trying to single him out, but a guy like Trey Murphy has I was got to next. really yep. pick it up. Gus. I mean, What's happened you know, with him? I, I just I don't think he's – now, he, he did a little better – against Dallas as far as when he got the ball and he was open, he put it up. That was not the case against Brooklyn. He only attempted two shots. Trey Murphy cannot attempt two shots in a basketball game. He, he is, you know, he is your guy from the outside. I mean, that is why he is on the court, right. uh, is to spread things out and knock down threes. Now, he attempted four against Dallas, but that's still way, way below what he needs he needs to put up eight to nine shots uh and and minimum six minimum six from the outside minimum now he's you know he's a good driver of the basketball and he can get to the rim as well um but trey murphy is someone especially when you don't have zion and bi uh trey's gotta you know he's got to help you out with the scoring because we know gus he is capable of it we absolutely know this um and it's it's difficult to win games. And again, I'm not trying to single him out, but he's that important to your team. Uh, where if he can give you 15 to 20 uh, while we're still getting completely healthy, that is going to help matters very much. I would think again tonight he's going to be more aggressive because I believe. Look, that's a confident, confident kid. He is. And for him to pass up, you know, those shots, especially in the Brooklyn game, that was just so out of character for him. So, but uh, you started to see a little bit come back a little bit on Saturday night in Dallas, and I would expect that to be uh, well even further tonight. The, the nicknames trigger. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, pull the trigger, pull it. I mean, there you go. I, I am never, I am never going to complain when yeah. Trey Murphy puts one up. I'm never going to do it because uh-huh. more often he's a 41 percent three point shooter, Gus. I mean, he's been top ten in the league the entire year. Yeah. Uh, as far as percentage. So I will never complain. And we know what his range is. So let it fly, Trigger. Let it fly. No Bradley Beal tonight. That's helpful. Yep. But that building, uh, you were there at shoot-around. Oh, I saw no. you post a photo. Did your feet singe? Did you feel queasy? What, what is it about that building? They I, haven't won in a very long time. I started the sports hangover in, what, 2010? <laughs> January 10th. Tomorrow will be our anniversary of our show on January 10th. So we're a year old. The last time, what, you guys won there? New Year's Day 2011 was the last time 
well, actually, Gus, I was going to say Pelicans, but it was actually the New Orleans Hornets uh, the last time that they won a game in this building. I have no idea why. Um, and obviously, you go there once a year, and there's just no familiarity at all. But listen to the starting lineup for the last time the New Orleans franchise Here we go. won <laughs> in Washington. Okay. Starting at your point guard, Chris Paul. Two guard, Marco Bellinelli. Oh, there you can see you can see the, the Italian flag being uh, run okay. after a three in the mm-hmm. in the Smoothie King Center. Trevor Ariza, Emeka Okafor, and David West. That was the starting lineup. Wow. And oh, by the way, someone off the bench played twenty minutes and twenty three seconds that night, scored five points. His name was Willie Green. <laughs> no way. Coach. No way. way. No way. way. I'm going to bring it up to him in pregame tonight. He played more minutes off the bench than anybody in that triumphant day on New Year's back in 2011. 92-81 was the final score, Gus. I mean, you got last year we had a lead in this building. It was early in the year. Now, this was not the presently constructed uh, Pelicans team that we had. This was, mm-hmm. you know, back in November. Had a lead, lost at 105-100. Two years ago in what I um, affectionately call the weekend of doom, uh, we lost in overtime here to the Wizards. Uh, remember, I, it's kind of you know dif- difficult to remember this, but Russell Westbrook was actually a member of the Wizards uh, two years ago. He actually had a triple-double in that game. But again, you had a lead, you lost it late, and lost in overtime, mm. 117-115. It's no. just, and Zion in that game had 34 points and 15 rebounds. And, mm. and it got, un- it, you know, just got overlooked because you weren't able to, for what, <laughs> I was going to say it, Gus, for whatever, For whatever reason, reason. <laughs> you didn't, yep, you didn't uh, hold on to Lee. But no, it has been, uh, I mean, we talk about House of Horrors. Yeah. This is the mansion of horrors uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans. And look, I, I know you kind of hinted at it early, but Gold Myers and I were talking on the bus after shoot-around. We got to have it tonight, man. We have got to have this game because you know it's coming up next on Wednesday. Uh, I don't have to remind you where we're headed. Yeah, Boston. Um, and you, yeah, Boston. And you know how difficult it's going to be to win there. You, you know, you've lost two in a row. You've been undermanned. Uh, this is one that look the Wizards. They've got a, they've got some good players. You know, Kristaps Porzingis, who always plays well against New Orleans. Um, Kyle Kuzma's having the best year of his career. They are without Bradley Beal. Um, they're six games under five hundred. It's just not a very good basketball team, even though they have you know, solid individual players. Right. You got to go get this one because, you know, quite frankly, what we've done on the road uh, in, in the last three weeks, it hadn't been that great. Uh, you know, you got to win in Oklahoma City in overtime, but other than that, it's been a struggle. So you got to get back on track somehow, some way, because this road trip, you know, still has a long way to go. And uh, this is one that um, you really, really need. Yeah, you got Boston Wednesday, Friday, Detroit, Cleveland on MLK on Monday, and that's a 2 o'clock tip time there, so that's an early tip time. And then on Wednesday, you finally have a home game here, the 18th, Miami, and then you go back on the road, Orlando, Miami, and then, I mean, it is a, it is a doozy of a homestand, Denver, Minnesota, Washington for a little bit. Then you're at Milwaukee, at Denver, at Dallas, host the Lakers, host the Kings, host the Hawks, host the Cavs, at OKC, at LA, then it's the All-Star break. So, and, and when you look at the dates, 
Todd, it's it's every it's every other day essentially. So it's going to be taxing on these bodies too, man. It's why it's important to, I guess, get <clears throat> Brandon Ingram back sometime yep. soon. Yeah, well, he was he point. was there today. He was at okay. shoot around. He was you know getting shots up on the court again. We've seen that. Uh, got some work on the bike. Uh, saw Zion Williamson out there shooting free throws today. So uh, that was very good good to see it shoot around. But yeah, you know, I until I see Bi on the court and practicing. Uh, I'm not going to really, really get too excited, but right. I mean, the good news is, is he's he's been out there, he's been getting up shots, he's been you know kind of testing it a little bit. But I think you know, and Coach will uh, address this, I'm sure, at some point when he's asked. But you know, it's it steps. You you got to go through the three on threes and then the five on five, right. and, and that's when you that's when you know that uh, he'll be ready to go. But you know, it's it, I I will say this: it, it's definitely. You know, you're you're on the the downslope, Gus. It's not going uphill, right? If, if you will, you're actually you've, you've you've gone over the top of the hill and you're on your way down. When it's, when you're talking about the return of Brandon Ingram, right? Um, it, it's it's going to be much much sooner than later. Hey, look, and, and we why, need him, and that's why I said <laughs> and it. we no, need him. No, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, you can only next man up it so much, and you know you you said this best um, back in the day. You were telling me the story. You were at an establishment, and what was it? The Saints. Uh, oh, that was, was watching oh, a Saints yeah, game when that, Alvin Kamara goes was, down. Next the man Alvin, up. That was Alvin Kamara's rookie <laughs> year. And, yeah, there's uh, no next that, man up for Zion that or Bi. That's that, 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 yeah, that Thursday game against the Falcons. Yeah, I almost got in a fight that night. <laughs> yeah, next man up. Like next man up, man. Next man. Like there is no next man for Alvin Kamara. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> right. Yeah, is, I mean. So, um, they're they're all stars and and max player deals for for a reason. I mean, you can you can you can withstand a game or two, but look, and it's not just the Pels, man. You're looking at that Western Conference. Um, we we saw another injury, you know, come up this week here as well. Kevin Durant's going to be out at least two weeks. Yep. You know, Booker's out. I mean, it, it, it's about surviving and getting close to the postseason. And I think it's going to be Ali Ali Oxen free, man. I think for the Pels, it's what I said last week. Can you get to the All Star break? Six or higher, and then in that sprint, you shoot for that fourth. I mean, that's that's where I'm at. I'm not even getting greedy about one or two. Can you just get out of the play-in game? Because anyone can win. I mean, the Lakers aren't in, but they're not losing. Imagine having to play them in the play-in. So get out of the play-in is literally where I'm at right now. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And look, and you've talked about it from from the very beginning, and I agree 100%. You've got to look at this thing now where when you get into the postseason, who is going to be able to beat you four times? Yep. And I will sit here right now as I'm in my room in in Georgetown, just outside of uh, downtown D.C. If the Pelicans are healthy, they are going to be a tough out for whomever they play in whatever uh, position that they're in. I, I, You know, to me, Memphis is their biggest matchup uh trouble wise yep. and utah is as well now utah <laughs> utah you look at utah they're in 12th place right now right. they're not even in the play-in that's crazy uh now think of how fast they started but to me the toughest matchup for the pelicans is memphis because they have the personnel to be able to defend zion uh, at all three levels and, and that to me is is really the big key any other team in the west Mm-mm. no i no uh, I'm, uh, you know, it, it's just we got to be healthy. That, that 
We talked about it at the end of last year. The only thing that's going to stop the Pelicans in 2022-2023 is health. And we've seen when the, when this team is intact, it is really, really difficult to beat. So let's just get healthy, man, and uh, and go from there. But, you know, it, it starts tonight, and this is uh, this is a very important game. I know it's early. But, well, I say it's early, but you know what tonight tonight is, Gus? Tonight's the halfway point of the season. Yeah. This is game 41. Yeah. So – it's uh, the season is, um, you know, we're full steam ahead right now, and we're starting to get into the point where you got to start looking towards the postseason and 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 making runs. So, and, and I'll, I'll say here this: we go. I'll say this. I, I would ask you a comprehensive breakdown of the Saints' final drive and the 2022 season, but we're going to be out of time. But I will say this: <laughs> at the very Ooh. least, at the very least, would take if I if I told you. When you and I talked, hey, coming aboard the broadcast team, and we're going to be third at the halfway point of the season of Western Conference, you'd have slapped me. Well, you'd have said, what are you drinking? Well, you'd be happy with it. So we're happy to get this win, but at the midway point of the year, you're third in the Western Conference. So you're having a good season, and you haven't had your players. So let's see what happens. I agree. I would have, I would have signed that paper you know, before the season would have started. I, I absolutely would have. So yeah. Maybe but, next uh, time we have you on, you can break down that last offense. Maybe next time, Gus. <laughs> so let's maybe next time. Let's, but there's uh, no time. There's no time. No, no more time left in the show. Let's, uh, let's go pal. Let's go pal. <laughs> let's go pals. At NT Grabs, the way to follow Ty Graffinini Voice here in New Orleans Pelicans. I'll speak to you shortly, sirs. I'll make my way down to the arena. Coming up next, though, Marlon Favorite will join us on the show. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy, Rizenkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clearer skin at four months, and SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand, nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic and psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. Water safety tips from Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. One, always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. Two, wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. Three, remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. Four, empty all blow-up pools and buckets of water when not in use, as children can drown in as little as two inches of water. Five, check the water first if a child goes missing. Six, stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim. How do you-
you know, the defensive guys that needed to leave a lasting impression out there did that. So, I mean, it takes a, it takes a collaborative effort. It's three phases of the game that have to click. And offensively, this and we started all year, they just couldn't pull it together. When you look at this defense, man, and one of the things that was interesting, too, when you look at um, – and look, we were all excited about Tyron Matthew coming to this team. Did have the start that I think a lot of fans were expecting. But the last half of the season – you did see more playmaking. You did see him make some interceptions, including yesterday. He winds up leading the team in interceptions. And I think I saw 92 tackles the most of his career. Does that surprise you a bit? It doesn't. Uh, Tyron is a warrior. He's been this type of player since that St. Aug. You know, of course, we've seen his historical two years at LSU. And, and of course, he's, he's shown this in double-busy years in the league. We got what we paid for in Tyron. Um, three, three. His average interceptions per year is three, two point five three. Since he's been in the NFL, he's done that. In twenty twenty, I want to say he had like six. Most tackles ever. I mean, he had to. Gus. I mean, the front seven struggled. You, you had, it, you know, interior linemen playing inconsistent. I mean, yesterday David Onyemata got blown off the ball just about every play. He was bent backwards, like so. When the ball gets to the second and third level like that, you're forced to make plays. So, I, I mean, I commend Tyron, brother, for, for being – doing his job plus more. You know, he had he had to make – the ball got in the, in the second and third level a lot this year for the Saints. So, you look at it from that perspective, one. And then, two, how do you build around that in the draft? You know, you have a guy that's showing you, you know, all the doubters say, oh, Tyron is getting up there in age. I don't know if any teams would take a risk, but he leads the Saints in tackles and, ha- and leads the team in interceptions. I mean, you can't ask for more out of the veteran. Mm-hmm. Speaking with Marlon Favre, at a big fade 504 is the way to give him a follow. When you take a look at this line here as well, man, it, it's tough, right, with Marcus Davenport. Man, it, it, it's just uh, – it kind of seems like I, – I don't know what his future is, much less here with, with the team. I mean, he gets tossed yesterday, kind of lost his cool there. He smacked, you know, the side of the helmet, didn't throw a punch, but it is what it is. And um, a half a sack is what he ends to. Look, fair or not fair, because Camp Jordan and other defensive players said he does a ton to help other players and takes up space and things. But, Marlon, you and I talked about this the day he got drafted. We thought they were going for Lamar Jackson or J.R. Alexander, which is why they moved up. But they went for him. And we said the day of the draft, you were on our draft show, and we said, no matter what happens from here on out, using two first-round picks, giving up the following years and using that year's pick, it's two, however you want to look at it, you're going to be judged on sacks, right? I mean, you're defensive in. It would be like drafting a quarterback, win-loss record, yards, running back, receivers, same thing. As a DN, you're going to be judged on pressure to the quarterback and disruption, right? I mean, not opening up the play for everybody else. And you finished with a half a sack this year, man. <laughs> Gus, I always think back to our draft show and, I know you saw how upset I was with that pick, and it was the opportunity to get Lamar Jackson. It was all kind of different opportunities. You put two first-round draft picks on a project. You had guys like, I can remember when I was in college, you had the Mario Williams of the world. Cam Jordan, you have an example on that team, a guy that has been with this organization for double-digit years 
and only in his rookie year he didn't sign a sack. That's a first-round draft pick defensive end. Nothing against Marcus Davenport in that regard. It wasn't his fault he got drafted in the second round. I don't know what type of sports science the Saints were thinking with this one in regards to, oh, well, he's six foot forever and he can do this so we project this. Nah, it was a risk. He showed you in college that he wasn't ready to make big plays. You know, shouts out to Coach Frank Westbank and here you heard me. He played for Coach Hank, I mean Coach Coach Frank out at uh University of Texas San Antonio. And at the very end of the day, nothing against that FCS school. If you're gonna spend money on a on a first round draft pick in terms of a decent and then use two first round draft picks for that, you got to go get a guy that balled out in the SEC a double-digit stat guy in the SEC, or do like Detroit did and go get Aiden Hutchinson, who showed you in Michigan what he can do, and then he does that in the That's league. perfect, yeah. Right. So it was just a bad decision. I mean, we all make mistakes, and in my opinion, that was that was a big mistake uh, mistake by that front office. Because here's another thing, Gus, and, and then we can go on. He was going to be sitting there probably in the third or fourth round. You can use a later pick to go get him if you like in that bad, bad decision. Yeah. What are the top three needs in your mind? Um, interior defensive lineman. Um, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. I am so sorry. Number one on the list, quarterback. Quarterback is the number one position on the list. Uh, D, that's what all the attention needs to go. Quarterback. Um, next, I would probably go interior defensive line. And, and I say this because you could probably find a guy in free agency. Um, if you don't, you need to go get a guy. Um, I would say wide receiver. Um, we, we don't know the Michael Thomas future. We don't know. Uh, I mean, we know Chris Olave is, is a guy that can stretch the field for you, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to go get a Michael Thomas-like guy. Um, and, and an honorable mention, I would say defensive end uh, for the very same reason we talked about, uh, you know, the Davenport project. I, I do think if, if he does continue in this league and if, and if he does stay on the team, it would be best coming off of the bench, you know, a second string or 1B guy. And he's showing us here now almost, this is what, five years? Because going on to that, you know, he's not he's not a, a 1A defensive end. So I think that's an honorable mention for this. Right. And finally tonight's national championship game, 13 and a half point favorites, the Georgia Bulldogs. Who you like? I'm taking the Georgia Bulldogs. Listen, I, I believe in, in, in TCU's magic story. I love the fact that after losing to Kansas State, you rally off and still uh, do your thing. But I just don't think that secondary could do what we expect. I don't think they're, excuse me, I don't think their receiving core could do what LSU did in the second half against Georgia. Mm-hmm. I don't think the skill sets, I do think they have a good defense at TCU, but I just don't see it. I, I take them, I take the point that I take Georgia on this one. All right, I hear you. I think I kind of like the point. I think TCU is going to make a really good game of it, man. I really do. You think so? So you think they? You think if they do lose, it's like by seven to ten points? Yeah. I look. I here's the thing. They got a quarterback that they trust. Fields can make some plays, and and I think on any of these SEC teams, we saw LSU beat Bama. What do you need? You need a quarterback that can make plays with his legs, can make plays with his arms. Like you, you have to have a a guy that's ready for that moment and isn't going to be nervous about that man and when i go back and look at that game against michigan they that guy can make some plays they got some talent in that offense they're going to score like tcu is going to score I, I i just i i'd be shocked um 
if Georgia had trouble or, or Georgia just shut them down completely. I mean, Ohio State moved. Ohio State should have moved that won, won that game. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a one point loss. Crazy. And, and, and I do have to to your point, Gus. I have to give credit. You know, Max doesn't make as many mistakes as most quarterbacks in NCAA fo- uh, football makes. He's only thrown six interceptions this year. And to go through the gauntlet you went through, particularly towards the end of the year, uh, speaks volumes. So hey, I just, I'm just, Georgia just looked too strong the whole year. Okay. I mean, they had their moments. Obviously, Missouri was one. Uh, and you got that LSU second half. And then even this recently, um, uh, Ballard getting by the second round. I, uh, I'm, I'm just not sure on, on that one, Gus. <sighs> Being a bet man, I probably wouldn't take that bet. But I'll take Georgia winning. I hear you, man. We will uh, chat with you on Friday, sir. And we'll know by then some more decisions being made all around the NFL. So we'll do that here as well. Have a great week, sir. We'll talk to you very shortly. You do the same, baby. There he is. That big fave 504, Mr. Marlin, favorite. When we come back, open phone lines. Don't forget Thursday we'll be over at Katie's. Ross Jackson texted me yesterday after the game. He's already confirmed. He will be there in person with us uh, to answer any and all of your questions. We'll know a lot more. Dennis Allen saying today when he met with the media, that he didn't feel like he needed reassurances about his job, that they're moving forward like he's coming back and doing all that. And then the deep dive evaluation of offensive coordinator and roster will be later this week. So by Thursday, though, we'll know around the rest of the league. Did anybody else request permission to talk to Sean Payton? Only the Broncos have done so over the weekend. Lots of different moves being made and requests being given right now to the Cardinals and to the Broncos. Only teams doing that. Remember, Colts need a head coach. A couple other teams there as well. The Panthers. Um, I did see a report that um, the interim coach there that we saw yesterday, Steve Wilkes, that team played really hard for, is going to officially interview to be the permanent head coach on Thursday. So we'll um, we'll keep that in mind and see what happens the rest of the week. Quick break. We'll come back to your phone calls. 800-998-1003 in the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in LaRose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. What is hope? Hope to me was just that he would get to come home. I had no idea how hard it would be once he got back. I wish she'd stop drinking so much. She thinks it's helping, but it's not. I hope she sees that soon. I act like I don't care if he comes to my games. But I hope he does. I used to hope he'd find happiness again. Now I hope. Our marriage makes it. I hope Grandpa will get help. He thinks it's too late, but it's not. With everything that he's going through, I hope he sees a counselor. I just want my brother back. I hoped he'd get help. Stop hoping things would get better on their own. He told me to stop asking. 
I didn't. Then one day he asked for a ride. Hope is knowing there are other families just like yours, that the veterans they love got help and recovered. Go to maketheconnection.net and turn hope into action. This message sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. Our focus is to get you back to work, Louisiana. I'm Sine Villavaso. Come into our office. We have the resources and services you need. The people who work here have the passion to do the work. One thing we want them to know is that they matter. There is a great need here in the city of New Orleans. One of the things that we're trying to do here is provide opportunities. We're ready to get the citizens of New Orleans back to work. Find out how the Louisiana Workforce Commission can help you at laworks.net. Oh, big talker, ain't you? The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. We are thrilled and proud to share that Damar Hamlin has been released from the hospital and returned to Buffalo. He is doing well, and this is the next stage of his recovery. Team officially put him on IR, football-wise, but... Uh, pretty incredible yesterday, opening play of the game. They run back a kickoff. Place goes nuts. Josh Allen, emotional, and everybody else teary-eyed, saying it was very spiritual what happened. Coolest thing was seeing DeMar Hamlin tweeting throughout the game, tweeting photos of he and his family in the hospital bed. They were watching the game. It was uh, it's pretty awesome to, to look at in one week's time, right, going from don't know if he's going to make it to a week later. He's back home in Buffalo. So very good news from that aspect of it. And he has returned to Buffalo. Um, 800-998-1003. If you'd like to chime into the conversation about your New Orleans Saints. We've been playing a lot of the locker room sound from yesterday uh, as well. And again, if you're just joining us, DA Dennis Allen, the head coach of the Saints, saying earlier today when he met with media, we'll have that sound tomorrow for you. It's 32 minutes. So I <laughs> Got to have some time to cut all that for you. Um, but he said that Trevor Penning suffered that foot injury that we saw on the last drive of the game, which is why the Saints called a timeout after Carolina called a timeout in a drive that they went backwards two yards before the kick was blocked. Liz Frank injury, and he will have surgery. So just horrible luck. I mean, he suffers a foot injury that requires surgery in preseason, and then he has another foot injury on the last drive of the season that's going to require another foot surgery. So likely he won't be ready for the start of training camp. And what stinks about that is that's a guy that you're thinking was going to be the starting left tackle next year. So your OTAs and maybe the first week or so and likely your preseason opener, right, you're you're going to be playing somebody else. Now, let's see how that recovery goes. Remember, Cesar Ruiz just had Liz Frank surgery. And he said today to Mike Triplett, New Orleans, that football, that he expects to be ready for the start of training camp, if not sooner. But that's that's two members of the offensive line. You haven't played a down yet next year that are coming off of Liz Frank injuries. Again, double Liz Frank. But you're starting left tackle. Yeesh. Unreal. Um, so here's what Andy Dalton had to say about the season and the miscues and the offensive struggles. Yeah, I mean, it's you can't put your finger on one thing. The way we started this game, 
I mean, exactly how you want to start. It's a couple weeks in a row to to have a strong first drive, getting the touchdown, and you know, I we had opportunities and other points in the game too, and we just didn't able to take advantage of them. Didn't make the play when we needed to, and I mean, at the end of the day, that hurt us. It felt like we should have come in at halftime in that game. The score should have looked a lot different than what than what it did. They scored on the opening drive and never again, like not even a field goal. Had one blocked, had one missed. Dennis Allen on why the offense stunk. This was yesterday. I think the reason is is just execution. You know, I don't think we executed as good as we needed to in the in the second half of the game, and so um, we've got to be better there. As for that last series at Daniels, Channel 26 leads us off. Coach, can you explain what you were trying to do on that last offensive series? <laughs> well, we were hoping to be able to, to, you know, convert the first down, get ourselves into a more manageable field goal uh, position. We got behind the sticks a little bit. We'd been rushing the ball really well. I think we were averaging four point something a carry. So uh, we felt like we could, we could run the ball a little bit. We felt like... Um, we could utilize some of their timeouts. We had a little bit of a misread there at the at the end in the ball to Alave. Um, it was it was a it was a sloppy series, um, and uh, and we didn't we didn't execute very well there. I, I'm sorry, I'm chuckling. I just do you realize how badly they played offensively? <laughs> well, you do. You watched it, right? Oh, I mean, watching that game was. It was the season. Like, if he didn't chuckle or just say, just give me another one, <laughs> you'd lose your mind. If you actually caught the ball with your best play and receiver, it gets poked out from behind after he makes a great move and gets the first down. By the way, Chris Olave can hit some weights. Just He said it afterwards in the locker room today that he needs to work on yards after the catch and a contest receiver, which is something Dennis Allen says they didn't have this season by not having Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas. If there's one, I wouldn't even say a knock. It's one thing I want to see Chris Olave work on and get better at is size-wise just to be able to go up there and contest those shots. I felt bigger corners affected his ability to catch and hold on to the ball. That's the one thing. And look, there needs to be almost a separation when it comes to Michael Thomas, I understand there is a large majority of this fan base that the second I even mention his name, they just shut down. And I, I, I get that, and I don't at the same time, though. Like, what he's done statistically, even though he hadn't played most of the last two years, he did. He did do. Like, you cannot argue that when he's healthy, the man catches everything. And that's the one thing that you did miss, and you saw in that last drive against Atlanta. His strength, his physicality. You didn't have that this year. Olave's really good, but if he wants to be a number one receiver, which I think he's capable of, the physical aspect's gonna have to come a little bit more. He, he's not. Like, I, I don't look at him and think he's a physical receiver. It's not a knock on him, I'm just saying, I look at him, that guy can get open, he's elusive, he's slippery, he's fast, he's great after the catch, but that's not a guy on third and one, that I think is going to get you that first down when he's guarded and there's no space. He can, but he's probably going to be able to open up some space with his footwork and his speed to allow some of that play to, to be there. But I, I do think, and he said it today in the locker room, it's something that he needs to work on and wants to work on and think it's the next step. And I do too. Um, Dennis Allen touched on that uh, essentially as well 
on the fact that Olave had a thousand yard season this year? Uh, yeah, he's, he's been the same guy each and every week. Um, you know, he's highly talented. Um, he's got a lot of things that he's got to continue to work on to get better at. I think there's a lot of growth left in that player. Um, and we're expecting to see a lot of growth in that player. So certainly, um, you know, good start, but not, not, not near where he can be. Um, and, and, and I think he's got to have a good off season to, so that we can take that next step to develop into the type of receiver that I think he really can be. I think another thing, obviously, might have found a weapon in Rashid Shahid, right? Having him go into the offseason. So I think it's important as well, too, as Dennis Allen said here today, the evaluation of what to do with offensive coordinator B later this week. You're going to have to make a decision sooner rather than later, and it will. And to start putting that in place, obviously, before free agency in March and the draft in April. But to, to kind of have an idea that I, I think whoever comes in and is your play caller – I think Rashid Shahid needs to be used a lot more than just once or twice. I think we all see that, right? I think the guy is capable of maybe doing that, open it up a little bit more. Um, to, to the point where I was like, did y'all even remember that Traquan Smith's on this team? It's another draft pick. I just, you have to hit on these drafts, man. You have to hit on these draft picks. Your life is mobile. So is your bank. As a state bank and trust company account holder, you can check your balances, view transactions, transfer funds, and pay bills anywhere or anytime with state bank and trust companies online banking or mobility app. Call or stop by any state bank and trust location for all the details. State bank and trust company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. Member FDIC. Do you have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. If your business needs serious hustle, our internet has plenty. Switch to Rev Business All Fiber Internet with fiber optic velocity close to the speed of light. Sign up and get three months free and 30% off. Build your plan at letsrev.biz. Let's Rev. Whoever said you can't have it all, never had internet that could do it all. Switch to Rev. No contracts, no data caps, no nonsense. It's the high-speed internet you need. Build your plan at letsrev.com. Let's Rev. Ontario, Douay, Ontario. More than just an insurance company, they're marine insurance specialists. Whether it's fishing boats, cabin cruisers, sailboats, or marine industry, you can trust Terrio Douay, Ontario to get you the coverage you need at a price you deserve for your home, your auto, life, fire, and health. They've been taking care of people since 1957. Call Terrio Douay, Ontario at 475-5126. Just ask for Lynn Pierce or David O. along Bayou Lafouche in Golden Meadow. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Three, if you'd like to chime in to the conversation here, Matt Moscone and after further review will come up next. Talk about LSU basketball over the weekend here as well. The ladies continue to remain undefeated as um, they're having a good start to the season here as well. Again, still... 
going over yesterday's game.